Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 570-726-6200. You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible Ghost encounters are probably some of the most common of the paranormal encounters out there. I think everybody and and their brother and their sister knows uh, something about ghosts having either sat around campfires and traded stories or having those weird feelings like you're being watched or you're not alone. Um, I was just having a discussion with my cousin who uh, he and I grew up really, really close and, and we were... Um, we experienced quite a bit together, and I, I think visiting him was where I got my feet really wet with uh, encountering the paranormal. Um, his home was, you know, pretty pretty fantastically haunted. Um, I don't recall any specific uh, events there, but I do recall what it felt like to be watched, and I felt I recall what it felt like to know somebody was watching me. And to not be able to do anything about it. And I was about 12 years old at the time, maybe 13. And it was an incredibly unnerving experience, but it gave me a real respect and appreciation and curiosity about what is this that is the paranormal. And so I've had a lot of these experiences and a lot of things have happened to me with uh, ghostly encounters or spiritual encounters. Um, Many of which have been wonderful. Many of the many of the encounters that I've had have not been not been horrible at all, but they've been encouraging and comforting, which I think is important to note because oftentimes the scary ones are all that get the press. I mean, we hear about the scary ones all the time, but then again, we all love to be scared, so it's entertaining, uh, <laughs> I guess, to a degree. And and 
you know, as long as everybody's okay and nobody got hurt, it's all in good fun. But tonight we're going to talk about a few stories that uh, of people that encountered ghosts themselves. First one I want to bring to you is, is kind of a quick one, and it goes like this. One night after a long day at school, I decided to go to bed early because I had a really bad headache. And there is a forest in my backyard, and I sometimes feel like someone's watching me. But that night it was way worse, so I looked around and saw shadows moving. I decided to ignore it, um, and I went to bed. As I fell asleep, I started having this dream that a guy was chasing me in the forest. And after running for a while, I turned around to see if he was still there, but I couldn't see him. So I stopped and turned around, and he grabbed my wrists really hard. It felt so real, like if it wasn't, it wasn't in a dream. I woke up, and to my horror, I saw that both my wrists were bruised in the shape of fingers. I still freak out when someone grabs my wrists. And ladies and gentlemen, some, there's, there's this idea out there, and I'm not sure where this comes from. I guess it's maybe it's um, wishful thinking. Maybe it's uh, an idea of um, protected, being protected. But some people claim that ghosts can't hurt you. And while I agree that 99% of the times ghosts wouldn't hurt you, I don't know that they can't. I don't know that there's any rules that say they can't, or if if people cross a line that they wouldn't respond. There are so many stories like this, ladies and gentlemen, where people are struck, they are thrown up against walls, they are grabbed and, and have lasting bruises around their neck, they're choked. Um, there's several instances of people being choked by things that appeared from seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, in one such instance, a paranormal investigator was investigating a house, I believe, in California. It was extraordinarily haunted, and this was back probably in the 80s, so quite a long time now ago. But it's a pretty well-known case, and they were investigating. The woman had a horrible situation. It was just her and her son, uh, child, like infant son in a home, had horrible, horrible things going on. They called in the investigators. They came back several times, but... One night in particular, they decided to go check out the attic, which was not a walk-up attic. It was an access attic. And so the guy goes in the laundry room, stands up on the washing machine, pushes up the panel of the ceiling to get up in the attic, and two of the investigators go up there. And all of a sudden, they're up there, and the next thing they know, they're hearing, oh, oh you know, they're hearing all this commotion downstairs. And the guy comes down, and he's got a piece of wire wrapped around his neck. And the other investigator was able to snap uh, a couple pictures of what had happened, but the picture shows the guy being held uh, pretty much on his tippy toes uh, up uh, to a rafter where this wire was put around his neck and hung up on a, on a nail. And the guy did get down, but he was really, uh, really quite rattled. Um, they did have photographic evidence of it. Uh, it seems to be... I would I would give it credibility. I mean, it seems like a fantastic claim, but the, you know, it is pretty well documented and well researched. Um, I've never heard that it's been debunked. Uh, there are many cases of people being grabbed and have having finger marks on them, slaps, and of course, we've all heard of the scratches. Many people being scratched by spirits. So when people say spirits can't hurt you. That's not necessarily true, and I would, I would caution having that kind of arrogance. Not that I think you need to be afraid, but I think you need to be cautious. Um, just, uh, just my two cents on that one. The next one I want to bring to you tonight is uh, a little bit longer, but not too much. And it says, about five years ago, my aunt moved in with me and my family because she was really sick, and her kids lived out of state. I was always really close with my aunt and looked forward to her living with us. It was a closer to her, or I was closer to her than I was with my own mom. Anyway, she stayed with us for about five months and then decided to move out west so she could be closer to her own kids. And after about two months of her moving out west, her daughter called me and told me my aunt was in the hospital and the doctors didn't think she was going to make it out. I was really upset, but I was also thankful that I had a chance to become even more close to her in the five months that they stayed with us. 
or that she stayed with us. A week later, I was laying on the couch, half awake and half asleep, when I had a dream that my aunt was skipping down the driveway, telling me goodbye and that she would be back. She was real adamant about the fact that she'd be back. She claimed she climbed into her SUV and drove off. And just as she was driving off in my dream, the phone rang and I woke me up and it was my mother telling me that my aunt had just died. I knew that's what she was going to say even before she got the words out. What was weird about the dream is that my aunt looked healthy. She actually had some weight on. She was always skin and bones and she was because she was so sick and the fact that she was skipping, my aunt could barely walk, let alone skip. But plus she didn't own a car because she always was too weak to drive. Uh, I like to believe that she came to tell me goodbye in my dreams, but as far as her coming back, I kind of wish she would. I say I kind of wish she would because I've never seen a ghost and know for a fact that I would go insane if I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, so those are those are the really uh, encouraging kinds of visits, and that's nice for the closure. It's nice for the connection. It's nice that. The, our loved ones can visit us. And this has happened to me a few times. Most recently, my father visited me in a dream. He died just this last spring, and, and it was it was pretty tough. But it was really healing, a really healing moment when he showed up in my dream. And it was very, very lucid and real, uh, even down to smells and and the feeling of him. It was just all there. And for me, it was wonderful. And we And we got to say some things. And he said some things he needed to say, and I said some things I needed to say. And it was very, very healing. And some people may play that off as a as a psychology thing. Well, it's just, you know, you're trying to reconcile that in your in your subconscious mind, and so that's your way of making peace with that. And, you know, if that's what some people believe, then that's fine. But for me, it was real. It was a real experience, a real event, and it was something that I'm really grateful for. And And several other loved ones have visited me as well. And all of them have been absolutely amazing experiences and, and very, very real. Now, the difference for me is that I normally don't remember my dreams. I normally very, very vaguely remember seeing something happen or knowing that something happened in a dream. Sometimes I will, I will get an image or two of recall, and that's about it. But these dreams are just crystal clear and wake up just with such strong emotion and love and they are just really amazing. So I believe there's really something to that, and I'm really thankful for those experiences that I've been able to have, and I hope um, any of you out there that have suffered the loss of a loved one have had experiences like that as well. And if you have, please please let me know. Email your experiences like that to paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. Those are great things to hear about and to um, to share. I love those kind of stories uh, incredibly because of the hope and the peace and the, and the love that they that they they give and they and they they cause. So <laughs> uh, the next one is a little bit longer. I've been living in Santa Barbara back in 1993 when I found myself suddenly without a job. After several months of no luck finding any other job, I started going to a local temporary agency for work. One by one, they turned me down, telling me that with my engineering degree that they weren't going to be able to place me because I was overqualified. I never understand that. <laughs> For anything that they had to offer. So out of the seven temp agencies in town, the first six had turned me away without even taking my resume. However, the seventh place not only took me in, but they actually gave me a job. And I found out later that this last place was run by two ladies who both had strong psychic abilities, and many of their workers also had strong psychic ability. So anyway, at the job they got me, I became friends with this one girl who also worked with them, uh, who was a strong psychic as well, and she would tell me what I had for breakfast that day or what I would find in my mail when I got home, things like that. It was really freaky. And I was really into using a Ouija board at that time and have since learned why one should <laughs> should never do that. Oh, God. Yeah, that never never ends very well usually. But uh, and, there was, and that was this girl's main practice. 
So we would get together all the time and use her Ouija board, and she had she had, had specially made, and it was round and made of wood and really elaborately decorated, and I was it was actually very nice, even as just a piece of art. Well, this girl's background story was that in every incarnation she had been through, she had always uh, ended up being killed by this evil spirit who was jealous of her relationships with her soulmate. Apparently also she had always been killed with the same jeweled dagger. So in this incarnation she had said that she had identified her soulmate and the evil spirit whom happened to be married to each other this whom happened to be married to each other this time around and she had a photograph of them with this woman having a jeweled dagger stuck in her belt as some kind of decoration perhaps. Anyway, so take this part of the story as you will. Uh, so we were doing the board one night and we were talking with her guardian angel and suddenly an evil spirit took over the board and started swearing at us and threatening us. So we decided to send it away and call it a night. At this point, it was about 2 a.m. and we were discussing what had just happened. And I mentioned to my friend that I would like to try to help her in any way I could, uh, spiritually anyway, so to save her from repeating her fate. She thanked me, and I gathered my things and left. I was about ten steps outside her door when suddenly someone screamed in my ear. It was almost like someone ran past me, screaming at me, because the volume was very low, um, but then very loud, then very low again. I spun around, but of course nobody was there. My friend lived in an apartment complex, but being two in the morning, it was all quiet around. I was scared and went back to my friend's place. I thought I knew what I had heard, but we brought out the board again and called for her guardian angel to confirm it. What I heard was, don't help her, you jerk. (laughs) So now I'm scared out of my wits, thinking her evil spirit is now after me. It took a while to calm down uh, my friend, uh, took calm me down, and my friend said that she would ask her guardian angel to accompany me home to make sure I was safe. Uh, I kind of poo-pooed that in my mind, thinking that wasn't possible, but agreed. So I get in my car and start driving home. Several minutes later, when I was on the freeway of all places, what should happen but suddenly a man, her guardian angel I assume, appeared sitting in the passenger seat of my car. Solid as you or I, he was about 35, blonde hair, wearing a red plaid shirt and blue jeans. His body was turned towards me and he smiled at me and waved and then disappeared i thought to myself huh what do you know he did follow me home that's cool then when i got back to my apartment and parked my car this man appeared again solid as before sitting cross-legged on the hood of my car again smiling and waving at me then the next morning as i was taking a shower suddenly two eyeballs appeared on the wall of my shower and looked around and (laughs) (laughs) disappeared. Whoa. That freaked me out the most, but only because I was naked at the time in the shower. I assumed the eyeballs belonged to the guardian angel. So nothing bad happened to me in regards to the evil spirit, and I never saw the red plaid man again. Many people ask me, weren't you scared when you showed up in your car when you were going 70 miles an hour? And I say, no, actually a sense of peace and calm came over me each time he appeared, and I knew that I was safe with him. It was a very, very interesting experience. It was. That is a very interesting experience. And very cool experience all the same. Um, These stories are are amazing. They're, you know, most of us, I think, can relate in some way or another to having a ghost encounter. I mean, it's either, either we have had them ourselves or we know somebody who has. And for the most part, I think people are open to the idea that, you know, when they happen, yeah, they're shocking, they're unnerving, but most people have room in their in their paradigm for the idea that ghosts can be around. And I hope through the through doing the portal that you know we're we're discussing this quite a bit and helping people understand what that means. Um, I, I I think that in most cases when ghost encounters happen, people feel powerless. They feel like. I've lost control. Something's happening that I have no control over. I can't see it. I don't know how it's doing what it's doing. And it makes me feel weak and vulnerable. And hopefully what we're doing is teaching people how to reclaim 
their their energy, reclaim their their authority, and to reclaim their lives in situations like this because feeling helpless is a horrible, horrible feeling. And you do have options. You do have choices. You do have the ability to state whether or not you're okay with what's going on. And nine times out of ten, the spirits will listen. They don't want to cause you problems. They just want you to know they're there or they want to tell you something or they want to... to share some kind of information in most cases or, you know, just uh, they don't want to be forgotten. So an acknowledgement is important. And uh, again, to reiterate what we said many, many, many times on the show, lay down your rules. I'm okay if you're here, if you're loving and kind and, and a very positive energy, but here's what I'm okay with. Here's what I'm not okay with. Don't do this, this, this. It's okay if you do this, this, this. Um, you know, you can say things like, if you have children, don't scare my kids ever. Um, don't, uh, don't pester the animals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can, you can, uh, you know, claim your, your, your space and your, your home is a sacred space. So, um, you know, chances are a lot of people are sharing homes with, with another entity and they don't always know it, but anyway, we're going to get into some stories of people who have encountered these things and, uh, see what they have to say. And of course, we'll talk about a little bit about each of these stories as we read them. The first story is, um, I have a friend who's in her late 80s, and she's experiencing some problems. She loves dolls. She just bought a ton of dolls at an auction, and they were from around the early 1800s. A couple of nights ago, she had them all spread out on her dining room table and left them there when she went to bed. At about midnight, 12 that morning, I guess that's midnight, yeah, she heard a noise and woke up and got out of bed to see what the hell the noise was. And she walked through the hall and into the dining room. She saw a little boy sitting at her table. She got a little closer, and then she realized that the whole side of his face was burned, like maybe he had been caught in a fire. So she started shaking her cane at him and started yelling at him, saying things like, who are you? What are you doing in my house? And so on. The little boy looked up at her, stood up, and then disappeared. This, of course, startled her, and she spun around uh, to go back through the hall. And Now her den is right next to the dining room, and as she was turning, something caught her eye in the den. She looked in again and saw a man staying above her coffee table looking at something. She started yelling, and the man immediately disappeared as well. So that was just a couple of nights ago, and now this last night she was sleeping, and around 5 a.m. she heard another noise and woke up again, and this time she saw a young lady in what looked like pre-Civil War type of a skirt, which was full length and such, and the lady had a small, fine, what looked like a paintbrush in her hand. And it looked like she was painting the mirror that Margaret has on her wall. Margaret started yelling again, and she disappeared. She eventually fell back asleep, and then at about 7 a.m., she woke up and saw a young African-American girl, about possibly 14 years old, standing at the end of her bed. And she was wearing the same type of dress. The girl looked like she was trying, uh, she was... She looked like she was looking down at something near Margaret's feet. And again, Margaret yelled at her, and the ghost disappeared. <laughs> so this lady's yelling a lot. She's pretty, uh, pretty freaked, and she can't really figure out what's going on and why this is happening. I think it has something to do with the dolls. That day after the sighting of the little boy and the man, she packed all the dolls up and put them in a spare room. I think these ghosts might be the owners of these dolls. And they're just looking for them. We've tried to convince her that she needs to talk to them, but she refuses. And again, ladies and gentlemen, when you bring things into your home, and especially things that have such a history, you can't be too surprised if they come with some extra attachments. Comes with free attachments. And in this case, these aren't uh, like, uh, you know, designer attachments. They are in the form of spirits and if you ever bring something into your house and you start noticing things go awry, and we've done shows on this too where we've talked about how to 
you know, introduce things into your home and things that you can do before you bring them in your home. Um, I would be really careful. I, w- I don't think I would, well, you know, in best practices, of course, you never bring a whole bunch of stuff in your house at once. But, you know, this is a real world where people are doing stuff, they're busy, and you got to get them done. Um, if you bring things in and things start going sideways, take them out, put them in, in a, like maybe an outside garage or, or somewhere that's not in your living space and see if the activity then goes down or, or levels out. And if it does, then look at that object and look at how to get it cleansed or blessed or something to release whatever negative charge or charge is on it. Now, I don't think that these were negative spirits at all that this person was dealing with. They were just spirits that were somehow attached uh, cons- possibly to these items. And I, and I think if she wasn't experiencing this before, but bringing these dolls home, all of a sudden she's experiencing things. It, it seems pretty clear that she was probably, uh, uh, these, these beings were probably uh, attached to the, the dolls in some way or another. Now, that doesn't mean these are haunted dolls. It can mean that. It could mean that, that several of the dolls were indeed haunted dolls. Um, but it could be, as, as the author suggested, that maybe these were special dolls to them. Um, and if they do come from the 1800s, um, back then, uh, a doll was was a significant investment. It was it was uh, quite a quite a sum of money for someone to buy a doll for their child, or to make a doll for their child was was a significant undertaking as well. And so, the fact that they could have an energy attachment to them doesn't doesn't uh, surprise me a little. Uh, old dolls definitely probably do all carry some sort of vibration, but. Um, that doesn't mean they will always be uh, a manifestable consciousness, but you know, anytime you introduce things into your house, cleanse them, um, <laughs> bless them, uh, sage them, maybe you know, do a salt blessing with them, whatever, whatever you believe. And this, the show is never going to be about giving you a, a, a religious practice. Whatever your religious practice is, that's what's powerful. Whatever I tell you, if it's not something that you observe or believe or follow with your heart, it doesn't matter how profound I think it is, it won't be that effective for you. But if you're a Christian, use some Christian rituals and, and practices like holy water and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you're uh, Wiccan, then you'll want to use uh, some some uh, herbs, salts, um, um, moon water, spirit water. Uh, things like that can can be incredibly strong, and saging is also very strong. So whatever you observe, whatever whatever means something to you, is where the power comes from. So whatever you know follows your belief system, do that. And if you can't, then bring someone in that can. Um, doesn't matter what you believe in. There's always uh, somebody who's uh, in a position to help with problems like this. So just my two cents, ladies and gentlemen. But Yeah, I think it's the The next one is, this is a a little one. It's a pretty quick little story, but uh, on one really cold night, uh, it was raining outside and it was lashing down on the windows and the darkness was really heavy. And I was laying on my bed and I couldn't sleep because the rain was absolutely pounding on the house. I lived only with my mother and my father at the time and I was only about 10 years old. And I wasn't sure if if it was only my imagination but I started to hear things, to hear noises, like a man breathing really heavily. And I thought it might have been my imagination, and I didn't want to go and, go and wake up my parents. But the noises got worse, and the whispering came really clear, and he was trying to tell me something. 
But I really began to tremble, and the louder it got, the more scared I became. I plucked up the courage to reach for the light as I felt someone holding me back. I turned and glanced at my mirror, and I suddenly saw an old man standing behind me. It then disappeared, and to this day I have never seen him again. What did he want from me? I will never know. And that's a, that's a tough one. That's a, If it's a one-time apparition, it's hard to know. If it was something uh, to do with the house, if it was something to do with uh, protect, perhaps a protective family spirit, uh, an ancestor of some kind, or grandparent that turns into a, a guardian. Uh, it's tough to know, but for whatever reason, it, that spirit chose to manifest itself, itself to this person. And uh, it didn't seem like it was a negative experience so much as um, it was there. It was maybe trying to reassure her because of the, the power of the storm. And it was a, you know, just a grandparent kind of spirit. So hard to know, but, uh, but I think it's a really cool story. You just never know when it's going to happen. That's the thing with the paranormal. You don't know when something paranormal is going to happen. It just happens when it happens, why it happens. And that's the rules as I understand. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Oh, I guess I thought I had another one up, but I will get another one up. <clears throat> the third story tonight is called... Um, well, I don't know what it's called. Let's see. I just gotten out of prison a couple of months earlier and had a tough time adjusting to my new sleep routine. I had a full-time job at a factory, and working the day shift, I would wake up at around 3 in the morning every day, and therefore, I was usually asleep by 6 or 7 every night. One night, I was laying in bed watching TV, and I was living with my parents at the time, and I was a little scared to be at their house because it's in the country and they have no dusk-to-dawn light. I usually slept with the TV on, and I rolled over to face the wall and go to sleep, and as I was laying there, relaxing and almost asleep, nature called. <laughs> what did nature say? <laughs> Sorry. It just, it's funny in my head, ladies and gentlemen, and that's just uh, the, the problem when I have a microphone. I rolled over to get up, and there in the corner of my room stood a young man. To this day, I can still tell you what he looked like. This happened almost seven years ago. He stood very still, looking down at the floor. He had blonde hair, a really pale complexion. He wore a navy blue hoodie with pockets on the front. Both hands were in the pockets. Tan-colored pants and dark shoes. I looked at him for a few seconds and then rolled back over. My heart was beating really fast, and once I got the nerve, I flew out of my bed and into the living room. My parents thought I was absolutely nuts and I, when I told them the story. I know what I saw, and I know it was real. Now, here's the thing. Uh, if you want to ever go to an extraordinarily haunted place, go to a prison. Uh, there are such charges of energy in those places they are just so so strongly powerfully charged and uh with despair with sadness and with with all this negative energy now many spirits are transitory they will move from place to place so if for some reason when this person was incarcerated uh, a spirit for whatever reason decided that it wanted to be around this person so when this person left incarceration the spirit more than likely followed. And this is what they're experiencing now, or when they were out. This this uh, account comes from, it was recorded in 2007, so it's quite a while now. But, um, you know, I would, I would almost bet it does, uh, for the visual cues of it, give me the idea that this was an urban type of uh, person in life, like perhaps from... Uh, a, a city or something. It was. It wasn't dressed. And and from what I took from the the story, the narrative, even though it was short, my idea is that they're living out in the country, out in the sticks. And and perhaps they mentioned that, and I don't remember. Um, yeah, it says the house is in the country. So yeah, that's why <laughs> that's why I got that idea. I'm a sharp pencil. I'm just telling you that. But um, so that that look could have been. 
you know, somebody that was in the, in the prison and for whatever reason they lost their life, they may have ended their lives. That's the unfortunate part of uh, prison life is that, uh, you know, sometimes people decide that they just can't do the time and not in those circumstances. And so they look for the, the alternate route. And, uh, unfortunately it does, it does leave a lot of, uh, of unfinished business, I'm sure. And so uh, I think everybody and their brother knows that uh, unvision, unfinished business is a, is a big reason for someone to linger. Um, so I, I, would, I would guess that they probably brought it home and they were released, and uh, it's still there or was at least as of the time of this writing. Um, I don't know. I hope, I hope the person found someone to help them get rid of the attachment or the attachment itself just moved on after a while. Um, I think that people can be therapeutic that when a spirit attaches to somebody, and that doesn't always imply a negative thing. It's just, you remind the spirit of something. It could be a family member. It could be somebody they loved. It could be something, just something about you reminded them of something that they held dear or was important to them. So they, they attach or basically just stay close uh, for a period of time. Now that doesn't imply that they will never ever leave. They may very well leave on their own anyway. So it may be that this spirit needed to move away from the prison environment, followed this person, stayed for a while, and then has gone on to do whatever it is they do. Um, just some thoughts. I don't know for sure, but that's just my intuition saying that, you know, that I, it very well could have been just a temporary type of attachment. And again, attachments don't mean negative necessarily. They're just meaning that they're around you for some reason. Um, it could be that this person also is uh, sensitive but may not even know it or have abilities. And uh, that, of course, is always a magnet. So I've been able to see and speak to ghosts since I was really little. For the most part, they are nice, playful ghosts. But there's this one really dark, evil thing, entity, called the Cloud Man. He is tall, wears all black, and holds you down to where you can't move or breathe. Both my mom and I have seen him many times over the years, and I would say probably about once a week. He causes the bed to shake and paralysis to us both, and there is also a young woman who, uh, who is, seems to be about 19 years old, or maybe a little bit older, that is named Amy, who was my mother in, the, in a past life. And she wears an old-timey white night, nightgown and can be seen just about anywhere I go. She always frequents the hallway and goes to my bedroom and then the bathroom. And there's also a little boy uh, who wears a sailor suit. And he's about five and moves things around and hides things from us. And there was one time where he moved a table in front of me and caused me to break my arm. Eesh, that's dark. He didn't mean to hurt us, though, or hurt, hurt me, though. And there are also three other people, but I do not see them. Only my mom sees them. And I've been told by a psychic that both my mother and I are highly psychic. I'm extremely interested in spirits, uh, good and bad. I'd be, care be careful with that. But I have a lot of stories, so if you're interested, just let me know. Well, here's the thing. I, I've never, ever, before this account, heard of anybody being haunted by a ghost from their, fa from their past life, even a family member's past life ghost. That to me doesn't make sense because uh, the idea to me is it's you that has occurred in different incarnations uh, through what we understand as time. So the idea that somehow that part of you or part of someone you love is still kind of floating around having its own presence in your time to me doesn't make sense. I've never heard of that before. Now, I, I have to be careful because I can't pretend just because it doesn't make sense to me. It's not possible, but that is a new concept to me as of this moment. It's like, the, it's like those memes. How old are you? Well, I was right now old. I've never heard of that before. Um, I guess anything is possible, uh, especially depending upon the term, you know, the terms of that person's life. Maybe there's a lot of uh, quote unquote unfinished business. Maybe there's uh, the attachment. Um, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me, though, to be honest with you. I've never, ever heard of that before. But 
it's very interesting. I can say that I've heard of it now, but I don't know what to think about about it personally. So very strange. Um, let's see. All right, let's pull up some new ones because that was going to be the the last one I read on the last take, but uh, it's looking red again. I don't know what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm just going to go through this and we'll get as far as we get. Uh, Hopefully it'll work out this time. Uh, I met my husband in 2010 and we ended up married by 2011. Married, we went to see his grandfather because he wanted to meet me. And we arrived and everything was wonderful. The first morning we were there, I went back to the bedroom to get something and was walking into the kitchen when I saw a woman sitting in a chair, smiling, but never spoke a single word. I just shook it off because this happened so much that I've become accustomed to it. But as I described the woman to my husband and everyone around me, his granddaughter got up and walked into the bedroom. He returned, or his his grandfather actually got up and walked to the bedroom, Uh, He returned with a picture of the very same woman I had seen that morning and asked if this was the woman I saw. I said, yeah, and how did he get the picture of her? And he responded that that was his late wife uh, when she was younger. I had just described her down to the very last detail, and what we can figure is that she wanted to meet me as well and make sure her grandson was going to be taken care of, and I was true in my intentions for him. I've had many experiences like this, and some are nice, and others, on the other hand, are really not very nice, and those I find harder to remove from my life. They drain me of all the energy I have and replace it with such despair and anger. I find it a gift while others find it a curse, but it is what it is, and I just continue on with my life. And There are places like some grave sites that I refuse to go, especially if they are very old, for the simple reason too many spirits can attach to me and refuse to leave until I get until they get what they want and I'm sure it'll happen many more times before or after I leave this world. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a tough one. Um but being a sensitive, which clearly this person is, I think they got to really work on their shielding and uh learn how to protect themselves. You know, that's, that can be, you can't live your life as a, as a a source for everything else. You've got to live your life for yourself as well. Um, wow. Okay. I just ended up reading that one. So let's read this one and this will be the third one. Oh, maybe one more. This one's pretty short. The house my dad and we live in has been there since the late 1920s, and it's a beautiful house. It's in the middle of the woods with a really big, huge pond. And one weekend, I went to my dad's, and he told me a story that had happened the day before. He was upstairs on the computer at home alone, and the dog started to bark at the door, and my dad looked out the window, and no one was coming up the road, and dad went downstairs and The dog was still barking at the door, and he looked out, but no one was there to bark at. He went back upstairs to continue uh, playing his game. So he was playing a computer game. And then he heard heavy footsteps going up the stairs. He turned, and no one is there. He jumped out of his chair, looked around, but there was nobody in sight. I, I was freaked out by the story, but that next weekend I had a friend over and and told the told them that the house was haunted and my friend didn't believe me and we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that night so we were already scared and I said "Uh, let's go to bed and then we heard the faucet outside turning on and the water running we looked out the window but nobody was there it did it again and again then the pool balls upstairs were rolling as if someone was playing pool we went up there but no one was up there and she said Okay, I believe you now. That next morning, the pictures and paintings in frames were turned sideways. We ended up moving from that house. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of activity. That's a whole lot of uh, things going on. And um, I guess somebody wanted to be noticed in a big way. Maybe I'll read one more. Um, I'm not really encouraged by the performance of the streams tonight, but we'll keep going. 
We'll see what happens. Um, and besides, it's just hard to say goodnight. So, <laughs> all right. So let's see. I don't know. I'd have to read that one before, so I'll pick this one. That one's a good size. This is a good one to end the show with, I think. I hope it's a good story, but... Uh, a few years ago, I lived in a fairly large house in a town called Daroche, and this is coming out of Canada. So at the time, I was living with my mom and stepdad, stepbrother, and our family cat, and from the day I moved in, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. I would always feel like someone was there in my room with me, just watching me. My cat was also acting really strangely, and it was almost like she was watching someone move around my bedroom. Her eyes would go from one side of the room to another side of the room, and then she'd meow very loudly during the night. It wasn't just my room. The whole house had a strange feeling to it. It was really hard to explain. So one day when I was at school, I casually joked about my house being haunted, and that was when one of my friends told me that there was a graveyard a couple of blocks away from my house. I decided to investigate further uh, and asking some more of my friends if there were known spirits in the area, and I discovered that there was a teenage African-American boy who was murdered not far from my house when some other boys tied him to the railroad tracks. Uh, that's horrible. Note, I, I did not verify that story uh, was real in any way, shape, or form. It is just what I was told. And... I tried to search for more clues, but didn't find any other stories. Then after a few weeks of that, I'd gotten more used to the feeling of the house and started getting a few hours of sleep a night, but now I was almost constantly having nightmares, none of which I can remember. It was really starting to, to wear thin on me, and there was nothing that it seemed I could do about it. So a few days later, I invited a few friends over to jump on the trampoline after school, and we were jumping around, talking, and having a good time, when suddenly I heard a shriek from my friend. She pointed at the basement door, and when I looked over, I could see what she was screaming about. The door, which is always closed and locked, was opening and closing all by itself. We were so freaked, we ran inside and asked my mom if anyone was down there, and she told us that no one had gone down there all day. Since then, I've moved to a different house, but I still wonder what was there. That's uh, That's got to be pretty freaky, especially when you're younger. And I think that about wraps it up for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. And I guess I just want to say have sweet dreams.
sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Barton, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who will help build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.